Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farrand, owner of the company Horns of Odin. As always, before we jump into today's show, I do have to plug our Patreon. It is how we keep the lights on and it helps pay the people behind the scenes because there's much more to this podcast than just me. So for £3 a month, that's about 10p a day, you get a bonus episode every week where we do a Q&A with our guests after the main show. You can submit your questions beforehand or in real time during the live chat feature of the show. And that's another bonus. You get to watch the episodes live. There's a whole little sideshow going on amongst every show in the little chat. It's always a lot of fun. And on top of that, you get our Discord server, which is a beautiful little community that we've built over the years and you get access to that you get early access to the episodes there's a bunch of little benefits as well as a story time episode that i do with Jonas lorenson which tends to be a lot of fun we we drink beer and read sagas um yeah they're a lot more laid back and a, a yeah a lot of fun but let's jump into today's show so today i'm joined by the the very talented annika shireen I, I always I always panic yes. on the surname every time. You please pronounce it properly with the it's, rolling R. I don't know if that's a proper pronunciation, but this is how my mom called me. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Anika Shireen. Okay. But it's yeah. Dutch, right? That's pronunciation. We, we lost, like I said, we lost the rolling R a long time ago. And I just... My, British mouths just can't do it. I think if you obviously if you practice, you can. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's also when you learn new languages, you have to train your mouth or retrain mm-hmm. your mouth in a yeah. way. That's that's what I noticed. And I mean, languages are all in the different part of the mouth, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's very logical. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're from a different language, some things are hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been trying to learn Norwegian through Duolingo. Um, I say trying. I was really good at it for about 200 days, and then I stopped doing it, and I lost my little streak that you get on there, and I've just uh-huh. not been back. Because I, because I lost my streak, I've been sulking, uh, and I refuse to go back on and start okay. from zero. So I've just kind of given up. Oh, but but you still have the knowledge, even though you you didn't win the game, right? You still have yeah. the words and the the basic of the knowledge. I, I have a probably a, a four year old's grasp of Norwegian. Well, Just it's a, a start. I, I guess it's it's a really good start. A, yeah, very young child, a toddler's. I'm a toddler, which probably I'm a toddler in British <laughs> as well. So. <laughs> So, okay, Annika, um, do you want to just tell people who you are, what you do, why you're here? Yes. Yes. Um, well, <laughs> um, I am Annika, and I am a I'm I'm a musician and a designer. Um, I write my own songs and I design my own clothing and I make them. So that's that's. You know, I can make a whole long story about it, but that's in short what I do. Mm-hmm. I graduated as a professional uh, designer, fashion designer and dressmaker. Um, I'm also teaching dressmaking at the University of Technology uh, in Delft right now. And um, my my the biggest part of my income right now is music. I'm a, li- a live band member with Heilung. 
I'm also touring, uh, if I'm able, with Pure Reason Revolution, which is a progressive rock band that has uh, asked me to join them. And, oh, wow. uh, and of course, with my own, uh, my own band, Shireen, that's been around, I think, since 2009. And I think two years ago or three years ago, I started with my own solo to you know make my own solo music and uh work together with a producer called Koen Herfst on that one uh so I've been really busy in music and fashion and for all these projects I've also kind of joined forces in styling or dressmaking in some way mm. <laughs> yeah so how do you find to teach I didn't even know you did that on top of everything else oh yeah I love it I really love it because I'm um extremely how do you call this uh i love i love the sewing craft and working with textile um, making patterns making made to measure patterns i love that so much and um i have been doing that for 10 years making custom bridal uh, dresses but also historical dresses and uh, costumes for stage wear so mm -hmm. like very different uh commissions and i I have a lot of knowledge and I really love to teach that. And um, I just have to say that the, the students at the Technical University in Delft are really, really amazing, smart people mm -hmm. and they learn so fast and they're extremely motivated. So um, yeah, that's really cool to do that. And I, I love it when I'm just, you know, spending time uh, with people who are growing in that craft and also starting to love it as much as mm -hmm. I do. So yeah, that's, uh, I've also, you know, teach the singing, of course, and mm -hmm. um, it's all about building confidence. So that's what I really, really like mm, you to must see be, how people grow. You must be the coolest teacher because I couldn't imagine when I was at college, my teacher being like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to go and perform at the Game Awards in LA. See you in a couple yeah. of weeks. Like that doesn't happen for teachers, surely. Yeah. No, no, I, I, there's not a lot of, people who mix doing music with, te I, I mean, I think a lot of people are doing music and teaching, but usually they're teaching music as yeah. well. I, I'm really in a better environment with a lot of people who, you know, study uh, civil engineering, space engineering, uh, you know, all these really cool things that I don't know anything about. So um, yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, it's cool. And mm -hmm. the students are really cool as well. Yeah. yeah. How, how old are the students? Are they, what college age uh they are starting at i think 21 oh okay until, yeah it's like a university so it's like uh after college yeah okay um yeah i'm with you yeah we we have universities so, yeah. too i just completely passed over the university part when you mentioned that yeah <laughs> no, no worries <laughs> yeah but so, they they are like actually really you know uh into there's so the technical university in delft it's also the city where i live that is a very big university, it's very international. So I teach in English. Uh, I have a lot of international students who are doing masters. And it, you know, as I said, it's from civil engineering until space design stuff, you know, and oh, they're wow. extremely well at mathematics. So it's actually really good to, they are really good at learning how to make 2D to 3D designs because mm -hmm. they are, they know the drill with that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. They're very I, smart. <laughs> I, I find 
clothing makers, I, I'm sure there's a more technical word to that, but dressmakers in your instance, I find it fascinating because if you passed me a piece of fabric, I could maybe, maybe make you look like a ghost. And that's at a push. I could, could, I could, I could, could two, holes yeah, two, two holes and a mouth. And that's the best you're getting. Uh, or maybe I could like cut it open and, start? and could just drop it over your head. So at least your head's on show. But, but to make some of it's the a, stuff. A poncho. Yeah, a poncho. That's a, that's a very kind way of putting it. Um, <laughs> but that's the best you're getting. So when I see some of the technical stuff that, that people made, I, I'm going to assume that you probably made most of the ones for the, the music videos you do. Would I? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for the fact that I'm looking at those, uh, particularly some of like the, the, the like lace type ones. I, I have no idea how or where I wouldn't know where to start. So I find it a really amazing skill just to be able to do that, let alone the music. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is also why I love it so so much. This 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 craft of being a dressmaker. Just um, I started really young with it. My mom already taught me the basics, uh, and then I went to an official school for it. And and the more you learn, the more inspiration you get to make cooler stuff. And then you make, you want to make even more cooler stuff. And then you have to learn how to do that. Um, and what I figured out was that sewing and uh, designing is a, uh, clothing is a very big puzzle. Okay. And it's not just, it's a planning thing, it's a puzzle thing. Uh, and it is, is a trial and error thing. So you start at a beginner's level and you just never give up. And you mm -hmm. just only, you're only getting better. I guess I would recommend it to everybody who wants to build uh, a skill. This skill is so big and it's uh, so rewarding in the end as well, because you can make at some point you when you know the basics of pattern drawing and you know the basics of sewing you you can learn anything uh in that, that area so that's just yeah. unlocked a a memory of a horror story that i had oh no um, so <laughs> i once actually uh had a suit made like made to measure but so I bought the fabric from this really nice. So Huddersfield, where, where I'm from, it's known for its fabrics throughout history. It's really known for its like woolen fabrics. So I bought like a tweed fabric, like, uh, you know, like you see like Harris tweed style woolen fabric. Yeah. I bought that and then I took it. I had a, a, a tailor recommended to me um, to make this suit. And I was younger, so I didn't have a lot of money. So it was like a friend of a friend, and it was a lady that did it at home. And I went and she measured and did everything. And then I went back for mm -hmm. a second measurement. So like a loose fit in and a second measurement. But she'd been out drinking in the day. Um, so she, for whatever mm. reason, the timings kind of didn't match up. Um, and the only time we could do it, she'd been out drinking during the day. And when I got there... She'd had a little bit to drink. Um, so she took the measurements and was like, look, look, it'll be fine. I'm just measuring. And then I I took, I went and picked the suit up and took it to the occasion and tried to put it on. And the trousers didn't fit. I mean, they were wildly off. <laughs> um I could I could no. get them like get them on, but couldn't button them up. Um and it was a fairly big day. So I had to like rush to the closest supermarket and just try and try and buy some backup 
trousers to fit. It was, yeah, it was frustrating to say the least. Yeah, I guess stressful as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is don't get measured by a drunk tailor. (laughs) I I think that's a very, that's like, the oracle has spoken. Yeah. <laughs> that might actually be advice. that might be an Icelandic saga or something. Just in just, it, it wouldn't, I, you know, it wouldn't put it past it. Yeah, just, yeah. I guess I guess you got very un, yeah you got very unlucky in this case because mm-hmm. uh, you know of course it should be the right fit, but otherwise uh, you, you you know this is why you get made to measure stuff. Well, um, yeah, you're wanting it to fit nicely, and yeah. um, the. Yeah. The fit was closer to my Norwegian reading age of a toddler rather than an actual grown adult. They, they the trousers were just tiny. I can maybe get my leg in. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> it yeah it was it was we saw it. It got there in the end. Um, but we are going to get to the music. But you touched on right. the, the the bridal yeah. dressmaking, and that had made me curious because that's such a such an important thing particularly you know there's this high image of you know a, a, particularly a woman when they when they're going to get married they think the dream of the dress so it's has to be a yes a very important thing and, and a lot of pressure for you when you're yeah chosen to and i guess an honor to make a wedding dress for somebody do you feel that yeah. that pressure compared to like other dresses of like i have to get this yes right yeah, very much. Um, I can also, I also remember, um, uh, I love doing it, but there was also, uh, uh, sometimes a very big challenge, um, because you're, you're not just making a, a, a wedding dress, which is already a big thing. It needs to be perfect. The inside, the outside, everything needs to be perfect. Um, it's a, usually white. Um, I also had a lot of non-traditional brides, so I, I made wedding dresses in all sorts of colors, but mm-hmm. many, many white as well, uh, which is also an extra challenge because, you know, before I start with white silk, I need to clean everything in my workroom. I need to not wear any makeup or like things that can make stains on the, on, on the silk. I never so even I need thought to really about that. Yeah, so it's like you need to work really, really clean because like mm-hmm. white silk, when there's a, a little stain on it, you can't get it out, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so you need to work very clean. And on top of that, um, being you know also on on the call for that specific bride, uh, and I've had many, many different characters of women. So some some were very relaxed about it, and others were really stressing about it. And uh, they would call me like every other day about it because they were so worried and their dress was being made and didn't have any control over the situation. They just had to trust me. Um, and as, as I did it more and more, also my null or how do you call this? Um, my name grew. Okay. So like your had, reputation. I had more. Yes. So I had a good rep. I still have a good reputation as a dressmaker. So I, I, and many of the brides at some point, uh, were okay with letting the control go and just trust me, yeah. but some of them, you know, it's also depending on, on the person you are, um, had trouble with that. So that would mean that you're not just hiring me as your dressmaker, but I'm also your 
hiring your hired in best friend because we go fabric shopping together you can call me day and night mm -hmm. uh, uh, and i'm gonna make you look pretty right so that was like a whole relationship going on with the bride so i still yeah. have very fond memories of you know of these days uh even though it's stressful as well but it was also very wholesome mm -hmm. to connect with a woman uh, on that level and really make them feel good about you know their their day and their 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 looks and, and yeah. appearance which is much more than just looks and appearance it's it's also about them their personality the character how does how do they want to you know that one special day mm -hmm. it's a big thing yeah it is it's, so. it is a very important thing um and i'm i'm assuming that you would never drink in between the measuring or at any point during the the making yes yeah exactly uh, I, uh, well, with a really important, uh, all these, these things, these steps are really important and making things like this is just really hard. You need to focus. So mm -hmm. it's better not to, you know, be drunk. And I guess that's with every job. Yeah. <laughs> you should not be drinking. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I, okay. The, the, you know what? I'm going to make a really good segue because I've been doing this for a hundred and something hours now, uh, 190 odd episodes. So I feel like a professional. I'm going to segue by into um, music by saying, well, musicians seem to be one of those things that equates with drinking whilst playing or drinking on the job. Yeah. It's an awful segue into it, but <laughs> yes. it was the only way that I could figure out how to do it. Um, it's good. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we can get into yeah. this, but it but it is something that is a kind of a quit to doing on the job. Um, now I think a lot of profession mm. actually, or maybe it was in the eighties, maybe not so much now. Feels like a much more professional thing where people aren't necessarily drinking on stage. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I don't know how it was in the 80s because, you know, I, I, I was born in the end of the 80s. So, um, I, you know, all that, all that I know is just from the outside, <laughs> uh, the things that so, we know, you know. So was I. I was born in 89. <laughs> just just to clear that, I don't, unless I look really old. 89. Me too, 89. Oh, so we're the same age. You're, yes. You're carrying it much better than I am. I've got <laughs> no, the, I wouldn't the say bags. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. But I, certainly, I, I can only see like the the eighties from the bands throwing yeah. TVs out of the windows and that kind yeah. of idea. Yes. Um and I remember speaking to and a I lot know, of artists. Well, yeah, yeah, just just kind of throwing hissy fits and the big parties that they threw. But, and I kind of always had yeah. that image of rock stars or, or musicians being like that. And I'd never really had a chance to speak to many. And I remember talking to Ina Selvik at Megasplot the year that you were there. Mm -hmm. So that was mm -hmm. not the last one, the one before. We did a, an interview. 2019? We did, yeah. No. 20 the the late the last one 2021 oh, uh, 21 21 i think no yeah, 22 2022 okay i'm pretty sure i think i'm pretty sure he's 2022 um but one of the years we did a we did an interview with him and he was saying about how basically they have like he, he 
he has such respect for people who come and watch the show, how he never drink before. And he's like, it's not acceptable. And he'd never hire or allow anybody into the band because at the end of the day, it's, it's their profession and people have paid money to go and watch the show and they deserve the best show. And somebody being hung over or yeah. drinking is never going to result in that best show. And that was the first time I'd ever mm-hmm. had that kind of one-to-one chat with a musician. And it made me realize that, oh yeah, yeah. They're not all just getting drunk all the time and being wild. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, it really depends also on the scene. So there are specific scenes where uh, being wasted, being drunk is like a rock star thing to do. Mm-hmm. So it's like an image thing. And uh, fortunately, that's a bit old now. Uh, so it's like an old fashioned way of portray- portraying yourself. This is how I feel. I feel also if I see artists who can't, you know, do a show without being under the influence of anything, I think that's extremely unprofessional in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree. Yeah, because because performing is not about, of course, it. Uh, you have to flip the switch. And sometimes when you're stressed or there's a lot on your mind, it's hard to flip that switch and to be in the moment because mm-hmm. performing is about being in the moment, being really there with your audience. And some people struggle from anxiety and it helps to have a beer or a glass of wine mm-hmm. on forehand. And I think that's a slippery slope into also venues try to be hospitable and promoters uh, who invite us, they also ask for a rider and then there's always wine and beers on it. and. Uh, so there is, but you know, some bands, they tour for six weeks every day. They do a show, right? Mm-hmm. Just imagine every day there's a bottle of hard liquor in your backstage. Every single okay. day before you go on a show, you take it a couple of shots. It creates the opportunity to become addicted to alcohol mm-hmm. or to drugs. Uh, some, some musicians live a really rough life, mm-hmm. traveling, to, uh, playing, traveling, playing. Um, and if you do a show every day, it means that you have to also travel and sleep mm-hmm. and uh, going from one way to the other way, you, tra- you you sleep in a bus, for example, which is not the best sleep usually because it's bumpy and it's like loud and noisy. So it's a very unhealthy lifestyle. And some people also, I guess, were way, I, I don't know, but I guess also some people might try to do drugs to get more energy. Yeah. It's a slippery um, slope. I think there, yeah. And there's a lot of, uh, yeah, that that's how, how I saw it. There's a lot of, um, how do you call this? Uh, I don't know the word actually when, when there's, um, when you feel like there's so many things and you have to be strict to yourself, not to take it How What's the word? Uh, uh I should know. Yes, yes, Lewis, you need you need to have self control. <laughs> yeah, self control yeah. is is, yeah. is the right one, I think. Yeah, because, responsible. Yeah, because if you really tune into yourself, like, do I really need it right now? Yeah, some people mm. just like the taste of alcohol, but do you need that every day? Right? It's just that that's that thing mm. in your brain that you need to do. And I'm just talking about when there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of things you can have easy access to these yeah. things. Yeah. The, and because the, yeah. I, I have to confess, in during that that little talk you did, then uh, there was a moment 
that you may have not may have not noticed that I had a realization of what a fucking hypocrite I am because every time I do the podcast, I have a drink, whether it's a beer or whiskey, because I feel like it makes me more chatty and more fun. Uh, so I'm a, actually a massive yeah. asshole and I just completely... <laughs> Just, oh, wow don't I you just don't sh- have to be so harsh towards yourself <laughs> but i i, I just I, I do the 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 exact thing that i was yeah. saying is not the best uh i guess i guess it's always good to to reflect a little bit on you know <laughs> am, do i need this or do i think i need this because that's always when I was, I started doing music when I was really, really young, and I think I was 15, and I was, I was playing with my band. I played bass guitar and I sang, and it was really hard to do. So uh, uh, one time I drank, I drank uh, a martini, okay, um, and I was drunk <laughs> after one okay. martini, okay. and I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with the riffs anymore. <laughs> oh no. And it, I felt so traumatized afterward and I felt so bad about it. It mm-hmm. kind of like kicked me in my awareness. Uh, so it kicked that... me in my awareness that, that it that dulls your senses, right? Yeah. So that's your <laughs> yeah. version of my Taylor sto- of the drunk Taylor story is that you yeah. once had a martini. Before... <laughs> One ne- martini. Yeah. <laughs> and also, never again. I'm not so big, right? I was, I, I'm, I'm a small person. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, then, and then when you're 16 or 15, maybe even like a minor, you get yeah. drunk really fast and, you know. Mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> so, yeah. You learn from it. Yeah. You learn from it. It's better, yeah, better, you should learn from it. <laughs> better, better doing yeah. it there than at the Game Awards. And what a segment into Let's Talk About the Game Awards. See? Professional. Yes. <laughs> yeah, very uh, professional. I'm extremely <laughs> impressed. What was, what was that like? um yeah uh, that has to have been a surreal yeah. experience yeah it was um you know first of all for a band like Heilung, which is uh we we're like we've been climbing upwards in in popularity really fast mm-hmm. um but you know from where we started into where we're now that's of course a very very big step it was a very big milestone in talking about you know, um, exposure for the band, but the game awards themselves, it's also really interesting because of course it's like a very, like it's a, it's two hours of, a, a very scripted choreographer, choreogra- uh, yeah. I mean, it's very well planned. <laughs> yes. Yes. Words, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's very, <laughs> it's very well planned. And, um, there's a lot of important big names working on it and there's a lot of uh, people watching it and there's so there's a lot of pressure on also keeping to the time schedule and you know so we worked immensely hard like rehearsals and everything you know for these three minutes mm-hmm. and then normally we do shows of one and a half hours so we kind of warm yeah. up and then we do at the end it, it kind of explodes and uh into into mayhem on stage in energy yeah, yeah. wise and i'm mm-hmm. always really really spent at the end of a show i just give everything um but this time it felt like we didn't even start and we already mm-hmm. had to it was already done right so it was done in in an eye blink and um what i really liked personally was seeing um because there was a live camera crew 
on stage mm-hmm. and they were just walking through they they had a whole plan made with a choreography uh to, to show everything and that was so interesting uh and then they were so professional so mm-hmm. and and i have a very like also i have a, i like making videos and seeing how that works is interesting my sister is also a video maker okay. so um yeah i i really liked it a lot it was mm-hmm. new, something new yeah yeah that has to be a weird experience having people walking through the performance as you're as you're doing it, something that you're not used to and again like you say only doing this this three thing for for anybody who hasn't has the pleasure of seeing Highland Live. It is it's not just a concert. It's not like going and seeing, you know, insert any normal kind of run of the mill artist. It is a very much a performance and a a, a little bit of theatre as well. Yeah. So to just do this yeah. th- three I saw you trying to plug your headphones in. I was trying to extend the question out yeah. until you were <laughs> until they were Give plugged in. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I'm back. I just, <laughs> I just uh, didn't prepare that well, and now I just got a notification that my <laughs> my battery was low. So, mm. but anyway, it is um, uh, yeah. With Heilung, <clears throat> when we play, it's always the stage is ours, right? It's like a sacred thing in that moment. Is, um, yeah, we share we share this with only us. Mm-hmm. So it's like a closed environment in a way and um and now there was a whole camera crew on the stage yeah um but we were also holding fire props so we were not really supposed to dance around with that because that is of course a fire hazard so we had set positions so it was easy for them to walk around us so logistically it went all fine okay how how does everybody find that being told that they have to stay still because again from from the outside watching the shows they they do sometimes seem quite chaotic but is that is that organized chaos even in the regular shows it's still very much it's there are specific organized things Mm -hmm. so yeah we have a couple of dances with choreography they're very much organized and then usually the last song hungry hippie that there is some sort of rule to it, like an organization we do have, like this moment is this happened, that moment that happens, but then in between we can dance wild and that's mm-hmm. really fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I, but I we think do, I, yeah. Go on, sorry. Yeah, we, no, we do have a very big choreography. It's a very big part of the show. And I think it, uh, you know, everything comes together, the lights and the choreography, um, you know, who is where, who's doing what, mm-hmm. that's very much well thought about yeah yeah i remember because i the the first time i ever saw you was at midgas 2022 and then i saw you in manchester and it was a, a different experience because of midgas you're on a, a raised stage um whereas in manchester pan decided to jump off the the stage and run through the crowd during the last song which i'd never which i didn't expect to see which is quite chaotic i guess So yeah, oh, you I'm were... losing connection. Oh, you back? You back? I think. I think it's good. 
Yeah, yeah, you're back now, but I, I missed your question because it was a little bit of a, a glitch. Oh, oh I, no, I was, it was just a comment on how the first time I saw you in 2022, it was a mid-gas plot, and it's uh, that was a big production on, obviously, the race stage, whereas when I saw you in Manchester during that last song in that chaotic spell, we had Pan who just jumped into the into the audience and was like running up the aisles and climbing over seats. So that was like part of that chaos. Yeah. But it's also, we also, if it's possible, our, our warriors go into the audience always okay. during that song. Oh, so okay. I don't know if that maybe started there. There's always been a moment when something unexpected happens and afterwards everybody's like, that was really cool. Let's keep it. And then mm -hmm. we do that from then on. So now we actually, usually always have warriors going into the audience except when it's really not possible because of how high the stage is or yeah. because of regulations yeah mm -hmm. no it seems like a lot of fun um so what uh, what is your speci specific role in highland because obviously is there three people who do the same or like the the role that you do, I, well, at least when I when I've seen you, there's yourself, um, Amelia, and another mm -hmm. lady, I think. Mira. 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 Yeah, Mira. So yeah. 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 Uh, well, we are backing vocalists because, uh, or yeah, I mean, we are also doing dancing and sometimes mm -hmm. playing instruments, but we have been invited to to be backing vocalists for Maria because um. Uh, in Futab, for example, there's a whole like multi-layered uh, focus going on. So, and Maria only has one voice at the same time. So mm -hmm. she needed to have the other voices. For example, the song Svanrand is meant to be sung by a group of women. So Heilung has been selecting singers to join on stage. And uh, uh, I started with Amelia. So all the way in the beginning, it was supposed to be Maria and then Mirker and mm -hmm. uh, Christina, who is a very dear friend of uh, Maria and me. So f four of us. Uh, but then uh, unfortunately, Mirker had to cancel uh, the show. So we were only with Maria, Christina and me. And Christina is a, is a theater uh, actress. Uh, so then we went on tour and because Christina couldn't come, I think at some point, uh, I mean, we've had a couple of people joining in and, and, sh and shifts going on, but Emilia and, and me, we, we kind of became the, this part of the band mm -hmm. and then Mira joined, uh, and now Emilia has, uh, taken a leave, mm -hmm. uh, to become a mommy. I know. <laughs> and, I know. I, yeah. I just spoke I just spoke to her before this and I was like, you know, it'd be really fun if you just had a spare minute and just popped on and like joined the chat oh, for yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. But she was she was nice. too busy being a mummy um, and sent me like a lovely yes. picture. Oh he's, oh he's absolutely beautiful. He has the cutest kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I I mean um I, I know that I hope yeah, I, I know that she loves him i mean that that's you know mm -hmm. it, it i think i i think that was a really big 
big thing for Emilia. But yeah, so now, of course, she's not able to tour with us. And now Mira and I are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that there's going to be um, many more singers on uh, unless there's like a big production thing going on. Uh, I think this is this is doable as a touring party. We're quite a big group already. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. the logistics for for moving that around. <laughs> it's really cool, but it's also a lot of lot of planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's not just it's not just the group members either. You have to move all mm-hmm. the props because Highland isn't the same show without all the bits and pieces and props and all the yeah, bits that go with exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, it's a big logistic challenge. We're we're more like a circus. We're not really a band anymore. It's more like a circus or a um Yeah, how do you call this? A theater uh family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Traveling. Yeah, like... Mhm. Yeah, it, it, it is an amazing. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying yeah. to make uh because I I get a little notification that my Wi-Fi connection is unstable, so I'm I'm putting it on my phone. Oh, okay. Otherwise, it will be maybe I'll, all of a sudden it's gonna be mm-hmm. disconnected or whatever. So I'm just gonna make a backup thing. Already. Yeah, it, it was fine, and then it just went a little bit pixelated for a couple of seconds there. But I'm sure it's. All right. I, I can still hear you perfectly fine. Okay. Perfect. So uh, yeah. Um, so how I guess how did you start into Highland? From did, were you doing your own thing and kind of and and Maria saw you there or were you already friends? How yeah. did that happen? And then we can go from there into your own solo and the the Shireen group. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, before Heilung, uh, Maria and Chris were uh, playing with Eugene. Okay. Uh, that is their, you know, their female-fronted rock, folk rock project. And Shireen is in the same league of that, like uh, genre-wise. Mm-hmm. So um, I met Maria on Castlefest. We were introduced by Kati Ran. Okay. Uh, and we just got along really, really well because we really vibed on style. And at some point, Maria asked me to make a stage dress for Eugene, which I did. And then at some point, I remember her asking me, hey, can we have a video call? Because I'm, we're starting a new project and I'm, I'm working on my costume for it and I have some questions. Uh, and that was Heilung. Mm-hmm. So we had a video call about the costume and, you know, she made everything herself and it was a really beautiful idea. And then, uh, she invited me for the first show to do her makeup. Mm-hmm. I had been doing her makeup for Eugene once. And, uh, I guess she liked that because it takes away a lot of stress Yeah, and it feels nice. You know, if you have like this moment of someone just making you pretty have mm-hmm. like a Zen moment. Um, so that was the reason why I did her makeup and then. Was that at the, the, when the castle? Was that at the castle fest show? Or... Yeah, it's Lifa. Okay. The one that got viral. So then Lifa got viral. Oh, okay. And, right. Okay. And then uh, I almost in the beginning, not every show, but when there was budget, they would uh, invite me. 
and they were already working on Fouda, where they were, of course, already, they knew that they would need more female vocal vocalists in the future. So they kind of kept me around as a makeup artist. Um, and then at some point they invited me on stage and then it went on like that. It was kind of, uh, it went very organically. Um, and it, I mean, it's, it's really rewarding to see the whole process from, from the beginning to have been there, you know, when Lifa started, when they started the show and just everybody at Castle Fest was like, um, people were very amazed and they, it was, they didn't know that they needed it, but they, I felt like they really, they were waiting for something like this. And, um, I was standing in the merch booth then, uh, selling CDs because that's what you do. You're just helping out as a friend of the band. And mm -hmm. oh, I I, I've been there and done that. Yeah. Throwing money at, at me. Like I tried to give them their change, but they had already left and took the CD and yeah. Yeah, they were just, uh, they were just, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and from then on, it was just an, something that a lot of people really, really liked and, and were inspired by. So. Mm -hmm. so you've really been there from the start. Yes. That's cool. Yeah, that's, yes. that's, that's cool. That has to be, did you, I mean, did you ever, when you were doing the makeup, did you ever think you were going to end up on the stage? And then further from that to where it is now. Um, I don't know. I had a, I had a feeling about it. Okay. That's cool. But I, I can't really, maybe I've, I don't know if, it, if that was just me wishful thinking because I, I liked it from the start as well. And I was like, oh, I love how Maria's vocals are so light in this heaviness. And this is also my voice is also quite light. We still have different voices, of course, but I, it inspired me a lot that you can sing in a heavy band in heavy music, but still mm -hmm. keep your identity as a, as a singer. You don't have to be Enya or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. something, oh, mm -hmm. you, you can also be in a, in a badass band. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so that was, that was something that really, that I inspired me. And then I think, um, before I joined Heilung, I actually, I, I think my first big, big gig, uh, apart from Shireen was with Varduruna. Mm -hmm. So they, when the first concert after Gal had left, um, Einar, he was at the Archeon mid Winterfair to, to, to play with his solo thing. And I guess he saw me perform there because I remember him in the audience and me being all like, Ooh, Einar Selfix is in the audience. So I was like, Ooh. Mm -hmm. Oh no. And then he invited me to do the house of the spinning seer gig in the Netherlands, which was a really cool experience. Um, and for Vatruna, it was like a transition moment because Gal had left and he was such a big prominent figure in the band. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, inviting female voices on stage to kind of back up Lindy's singing. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess that was like a artistic choice. And, um, knowing, knowing yeah. Aina, that's, that's huge praise to get hit, to have yeah. him to, to particularly be in your be in the audience and then to, to then, me, yeah yeah that that's huge praise from from him because i know yeah. I, I i've been lucky enough to to see a few shows with him and he's a hard one to please yes of course and he knows what he uh, he wants and uh and uh he has a you know he has a vision so uh yeah i i was very um 
uh, that, that of course very uh, flattered and mm -hmm. um, and that was also in the time when I was still struggling you know with the idea of can I do this because I want to but am I good enough right yeah. uh, and then when something like that happens it gives you the validation like okay I guess I could do this um, mm -hmm. but then from then on you you have to work really hard for it so then you have these ups and downs uh, but it's yeah that's how it started for me Mm -hmm. yeah oh, that's, no that's wonderful because i imagine every artist has that stage and i'm sure there are people that will listen to this who will be in that stage of whether it's music or any type of craft where they panic and think that they're not good enough and they want to pursue it um and i know i can think of yeah. one artist who i know will listen to this who is kind of pushing to be an artist and has that same kind of feeling so it's nice that you have that yeah. validation you just got to keep going and and eventually the doors yeah. start to open yeah i guess that is something i i i have been thinking a lot about and also i feel like i can talk a lot, lot about it um because being a musician and being on a stage is kind of like in a way a trap uh it's it's amazing but also a trap for you know being dependent on external validation mm -hmm. but if you are dependent on that type of validation, you'll always be riding other people's waves, like the popularity waves, you know, mm -hmm. the, the praise waves. You'll, uh, so it's really important to really focus and go back all the way to your core and tune in with yourself and, you know, be okay with yourself. And then that negative voice, when it comes up, because it always will, um, mm -hmm when the negative voice, voice comes up, you can tune it down because you're more solid in your self uh, value mm -hmm. uh, in a way. And um, yeah, be performing is also very vulnerable because you know, if you, if you have a bad day or you can't hear yourself correctly, you'll sing off pitch and then people will hate you for it because it makes, it makes them really angry or they, oh, they I, become super critical, which is, you know, some people, I have, some I have a people. bad day. Every, I have a bad day every time I try to sing, so I'm not. This, I'm not hearing something right. Yeah, the, but the thing is, um, I, I guess it's it only has to be one voice, uh, one person shouting on on the internet. Uh, when yeah. you are not secure in yourself, that will already hit you in a way. Mm. And being vulnerable, being out there, you have to fight that demon. Um, like we all have to, we all have to fight our demons. Uh, and yeah. the, the thing is also that negative voice is also the, the other side of ego. Like you have the balance of ego and then you can flip two sides. You can flip into, you know, I'm the best and everybody yeah. is shit in, or the other way. Like I'm, I'm horrible and everybody else is do, does it better. And, and it always you want to keep that balanced you, you mm -hmm. want to keep in the middle like i i know i can be better but i'm proud of what i'm doing and i'm growing and you know yeah, you have to keep that positive realistic place mm -hmm. but if you go all the way to one of these sides then usually um yeah that's it's, it's a big thing you have to mm -hmm. work on your self-worth yeah, way. No, yeah. absolutely but that's what i said with the ego trap or like the validation mm -hmm. trap yeah mm -hmm yeah um because you can get a hundred positive comments on something saying how amazing something is but if you get one person who hates on it and says it's shit that's the one 
that sticks with you. Yeah, that's, that's the coming stick. You, yeah, yeah, that's the one you remember. That's the one that's going to keep you up at night. And, you know, I've had it with yeah. either the podcast or with with the business, with the horns I make. Like before before this, I had a, a lady comment on the, the the horns that we make. Obviously, a lot of time goes into them. They're, they're all hand-carved. Uh, and she's like, oh, you can just get these on eBay mm-hmm. for like a quarter of the price. And it's like, well, you can, but the shit, mm-hmm. like they're they're not the same thing. <laughs> and she's like, no, they look exactly the same. I'm like, they really don't. <laughs> uh, but that's going to stick yeah. with me now all, all over the festive period. So thanks for that. Just because it's like a very needless <laughs> thing as well. It's, it's like for some reason, it's like people have this need to comment in stuff. Um it was like one of our yeah. adverts as well. So she's like, come out of her way to like leave the comment. And it's just like, just keep on scrolling by. I don't understand the yeah. need to come in there just to to do it. And it's this negativity that we have on yeah. social media. Yeah. And, and not to forget that a lot of people are very bad quality control because mm-hmm. they don't have any standards or any like, and that's not a bad thing because they're not experts in that area. But then sometimes they see maybe 20% of something or a picture of something and then and then they sh- they can't decide if that's good or bad. And of course they can decide if they want it or not, but they are not, you know, their opinion is not the, the general truth. Mm-hmm. I looked on her profile. Uh, she has no standards. I'm going to put it out there. I said it. So, you know, I've said it now. <laughs> it's, out, it's out there. Her, her standards are very low. Sorry, my 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 laptop was talking to me. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> but yes, okay. Well, I hope that helps you a little bit <laughs> without you know without becoming a really sour and dismissive <laughs> person. I hope it helps you a little bit also oh. in you know devaluating um, negativity that doesn't help anyone in the end. No, I I could never be a sour yeah. person. I'm too too jovial. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I but just, yeah, yeah, I mean some sometimes people get under your skin with their opinions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it, it yeah, is. It does. It happens and and no matter how much people tell you don't listen, don't read the comments it's they do always oh, get yeah. you when you see them they always get you i actually loved i i i i used to be i used to get a horrible comments on my music video oh no but you also didn't. really great ones yeah yeah but they like it was like 50 50 but it was like when when of one of my videos went viral so mm-hmm. umai went viral it has 5.6 million views or something and we were like, what's happening? Well, and then every, like, everybody in his was. mom, <laughs> and they just, and they just have an opinion, right? And they don't know where mm-hmm. we came from. They don't know what we do. They don't know us, but they just have an opinion and they write it. Yeah. And some people just go all the way and, and it, both in positive and negative things. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. I was just, I, I, I was just, uh, because of the chat is open and I saw something. So I'm uh, distracted because of my ADHD. Um, it, I, I'm don't worry. I'm the same. That's I, in the earlier episodes, yeah. you can hear me like tailor off in the conversation. Cause I'm reading the chat, but I've got used yes. to it over doing it for, for years okay. and years now. Okay. Um, so don't worry. I, every time I see your eyes, like reading, 
I can tell what yeah. you're doing. It's absolutely fine. Uh, and okay, if people okay. want to, if people want to know what you're reading, then they should follow us on Patreon, and yeah, they can read the chat. So it's not my problem. Yeah. Patreon follows us not a mythology podcast. Yeah, and- three pound a month. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, three, three, yeah, me also. Mine is also three euros, there three euros go. per month, and I try to upload every week, but I never really, and it's not super consistent uh, to do that every week. But sometimes I do it once a month, and sometimes I do it twice a week. So I don't know. It's just it's so I, difficult. I, I do my best. It, it is incredibly difficult. Um, but it's only what, three euros per month, you know. Yeah, so join both. Join both of ours. That's six. <laughs> Three pound, three euros. It's like it's, what? Five it's one pounds. expensive cappuccino. Yeah, 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 or two. You buy each of us one. So yeah. yeah, join both. It'll be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you you mentioned the music video. Uh, obviously, yeah. like you said, one of them's got the Umai has what five point three million, and if you've got a couple of others who are, you've got, I think you definitely have another one over a million. Um, and a few others up there. So I, I I did want to talk about we've we've kind of jumped straight into the straight into the music video, which mm-hmm. I did want to cover anyway. Um, but to touch on on what you were saying before about the comments, it is that that thing of where everyone has this opinion, um, and they don't they just see the video and they want to throw out their two cents and they don't see the effort that goes into making the video, the all the the time it's taking you to to design the clothes, put it all together, and the years and years and years of honing your craft, doing your skill, putting the band together, touring, um, and all this behind the scenes, they just they don't see all of that. They just see this video and just want to throw out their comment. And I think if more people took a second to think about all the hardship and all the hard work and all the blood, sweat, tears that goes into what people do to create their crafts, they may be a little bit less quick to throw out hateful comments because behind every piece of art, whether you like it or not, there is somebody's soul and a lot of their their time and dedication in it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can only know that when you are really diving into making art or starting a business for yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Or like, or just have a hobby you're passionate about and you want to share that with the world, right? I, it doesn't matter if it's like a professional or not. It's about, uh, and it, and it, and if you don't, and you just, you're just sitting in a space of judgment. Um, then, then you know, um, you know, if, if you're very high on judgment, so you don't really do something yourself because you think mm-hmm. that's not good enough either you know that's usually the thing i guess but now we're diving into psychology and me like filling in blanks so i don't know but i feel like some people are more the judgment type mm-hmm. and they can become quite critical or harsh it's not always a bad thing you can also filter that a little bit filter the emotion out and just see okay this is where they are coming from this is how they are perceiving it and you know it can be interesting yeah. um i i think of it as a it's like a, oh, I call it. Is that your laptop talking? Yes, the oracle is speaking to me. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I I call it like it's like a that must be nice, like that. That's how people think. It's like 
they always think, oh, it must be nice to wake up and be a great singer and you just become a musician or like a, a global superstar or it must be nice for like a, a model. They're just, they're just born pretty and they're just born. It's like, no, these things, it's not that simple. Just because they're making it look effortless because they're really fucking good at what they do, that doesn't mean that they haven't had to work and graft and try to get to the point that they're at. But people just see the final image and go, oh, that must be nice to be able to do that. It's like, yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess I get that. That that's that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I feel like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't really have any influence on whether people whether people are gonna like what you do or not, or like mm. you, you know. Yeah. As long as you believe in what you do and you like what you do, and if you don't then it's really good to see like, can I improve or should I be a bit nicer to myself? Because some people are also quite harsh towards themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that how you speak, like the inner dialogue that you have with yourself, I think that's also very important. And I'm, I'm very happy that I'm not that super anxious 20, 21 year old anymore. Um, that was devastated by a critical comment. I'm now I'm much more in a place where I feel like, all right, fine, that's your opinion, but I don't really care because I don't yeah. care that much about your opinion because I love doing what I do, makes mm -hmm. me happy. And and that is what life is about, to do, you know, what makes us happy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, that, as you get older and as you go on and you realize that those negative comments don't ultimately mean anything. But when you're starting out, I remember, you know, when I was starting out with the business, if I had a negative comment or even a negative review, I I would hold it with me for weeks and weeks and weeks. Whereas now I just mm. brush it off because it's like, oh, I know the business is going to keep going. I know, I believe in what we do. I know we make good things uh, with the podcast. I know that again, I'm having fun mm. with it. So you don't hold on to those things the yeah. same because you, as you had life experience, you know that it's not actually going to be the be all and end all because one person is a bit of an asshole. Yeah. yeah. So, the the music videos we we can we can start there when it comes to yeah your music um I love them I think they're I think they're great and I, I, we spoke a little bit about bef before the show how I feel like music videos aren't as big of a thing as when we were younger I know we I can say that now I know we're the same age I feel like when we were when we were young you had like huge budgets for for music videos they were everywhere i'd sit and watch mtv or like the music the, the music videos were on tv on a bunch of different channels um and i was wondering how important that was now because obviously for you like you're getting huge views on some of them um and how that works into kind of what you do and that whole avenue of music videos because the favorite one uh of yours is it the song undo is it undo the uh, no i think the the most the most watched one is uh is umai no i, I was talking about my favorite way. one it it was it is oh, it oh your favorite one yeah is it is it the it's one, undo yeah undo is, that, the, is it yours yeah uh, i even though, grave. even though it's quite it's quite a simple concept I fucking love that video. I thought it was fantastic. I think the song's brilliant as well. But I really, really like that. That's that was my favorite one. 
Thank you. I, I love it as well. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Uh, and I, I'm also, uh, that's, that's, oh my God, there's a big story around that video. Actually, I had been making videos for a couple of years by then. The first video we uploaded was unmarked. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's wonderful that it's still not flagged because there's boobs in there. Uh, <laughs> It never, it never oh. got reported. You know what? It's it, it's it's absolutely insane what gets reported and what doesn't get reported. Because yeah, there's you can get reported for the slightest thing, particularly on Instagram. But then some of the Instagram videos yes. I see, I'm like, how is this allowed? Yes, there's, there's, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm too old for for that to understand it. <laughs> we don't, don't. We know. don't know the we don't know I, the algorithm. We we it's not I for don't us. get it. No. No, but anyway, uh, yeah, so that was the first video. And from then on, we did Unmarked, So You Went Off You. Uh, we had a remix thing. But, you know, I really got, I loved making videos and I really got into it. And um, I worked together with several people, with the, with my sister, who is a video a filmmaker, uh, mm -hmm. with Erik Wildeman recently. Um, I worked with... Uh, uh, people from Get Off The Road, which I also made a feature film with together. So I loved making videos and it was, it's a lot of work. You really, I mean, we always try to do it with, we didn't have any budget. So Umai is, is filled with beautiful people with great costumes, but it's many of them, they just came on their own expense, oh, you know, wonderful. to be part of this. So wow. we had a full day of people volunteering to join and, um, and then um, Corona hit, uh, we made Taste of Flames. It was a live video. Uh, we recently uh, released Taste of Flames as the final song, but we had the Corona version or like the quarantine version online for a long time. Mm -hmm. We weren't uh, able to meet as a band. So we had to shoot the videos ourselves and edit it together, which was done by Kilian, who is the lighting engineer for Heilung. He made that video for us. Mm -hmm. So we... You know, we, I just build a repertoire and it was really important for me. Um, sharing has been my project since I think I was 19 when I started writing oh, songs wow. for Shireen. Um, and you know, by now it's such a big part of me as an artist, uh, of, of my origin that I really care about it. And, um, I went through quite a heavy breakup in, I think, 20, from 2020 until 22, I guess. Mm -hmm. It was a very hard time Okay. Uh, for me. And uh, I, I wrote that into music because this is how I expressed my feelings. I couldn't always talk about it. Mm -hmm. So, and I would just put all these, this pain into songs. Mm -hmm. um, but then I when I, I released I, Deep... Huh? I guess it, I guess it is a place that you can do that. You can ex express, yeah, es yeah, yeah. I mean, express the emotions and not feels too personal. So you have that like almost detachment from it. Yes, yeah, I have detachment from it when I just write it into poetry and I sing about it, even mm -hmm. though it's very highly personal. Yeah, uh, I do feel like. I can look at it as, as an outsider onto the situation. And then just sometimes I write things 
And afterwards I read it back and I was like, oh, maybe that was about something else actually, or the thing, how I wrote it and how I meant it now has a different perspective to it because I learned so many things. So it's also kind of like a diary, but then I throw it out there in the world. So it feels a bit vulnerable as well. Mm -hmm. And I just try to cancel that. But sometimes singing a song live is really hard because it also brings me back into that space. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of subjects uh, that I sing about are quite heavy for me and um, have a, a heavy meaning. Uh, and But at the same time, you know, throwing that out there, also a lot of people reach out to me saying like, oh, that lyric of that specific song helped me through a hard time. Mm -hmm. So I feel like talking about it is breaking the taboo and then just sharing Absolutely. that and then noticing you're not the only one feeling mm -hmm. shit <laughs> or like in this particular case, you're not yeah. the only one having this or that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that is also what music is, is in a way is therapy um, mm -hmm. and healing. So this is how I started my solo project. I, uh, I wrote, uh, the first one, the serpent is about, uh, how you rejuvenate and regenerate after, you know, when you're healing. Mm -hmm. And then the second EP was all about the pain and the anger that I felt in a time where I just, I was in a bad space. So, uh, the serpent was my first solo EP and Demonet, uh, was my second solo EP. And that's a very dark one. It has very doomy sound to it. Um, and undo was the video for that one. And the story I, about undo I is do, that... I do love such a bit. I do love that EP. I don't know what that says about me, but I really, I really like that EP. So, um, yeah, I, I enjoyed listening to it and I think it was some great, some great work. Thank you. Yeah. It's a double thing because a lot of people also thought it was quite on a heavy side. So like people who are used to the folk style, Shireen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it, I, I guess it's also nice to have different flavors, right, in the music. Mm -hmm. So, um, but for me, I just vomited out all the darkness, <laughs> all the anger, all the hurt in three songs. And it felt like a spell, like releasing these songs also felt like release, uh, ending a chapter and making space for, you know, lighter stuff. Mm. Um, and undo the story in the video so the the lyrics themselves are about the breakup and about you know my you know pain in that time um it's about uh, the story uh, if, if you want to start anew and grow we need to release what we had we need to undo our bond so let me go that was that was the story um but then thinking about you know from in a some symbolic way um that is a, a little death, like uh, we, we die uh, and get reborn again, right? This is always when, when you go through a, a place of mourning, of, of cutting off bonds, and then a, a part of you dies with that, right? And then there's space for a new and you grow from that. So death was a really um, big to symbolism, some symbolic topic in that whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and and the video is about a a woman who is mourning is she in black dress uh i used um so i made two costumes two similar costumes a white one and a black one and they are completely in the style that my great-grandmothers would wear uh when they were 
like my great 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 grandmother so it's like uh, uh, from the 1800s or 1780s uh we have photos uh through the generations of my mom's side of the family of women in their traditional dress uh with these little uh silver or golden curls to the sides they had a whole like lace cap and it was just very traditional uh from a specific area from the netherlands um and i used that style because i wanted to to envision these women who went through really hard time and they got out of it even stronger and I always like the symbolism of being born from the, the, the earth and you know grow, uh, rising as a phoenix that was like a inspiration to me so this woman who is in mourning is all holding all her grudges and her pain and she just finds the grave opens it uh, I can see Kim saying Victorian Edwardian um we didn't really have Victorian Edwardian in the Netherlands. Uh, it is, I think, from the Victorian times, but it's called Klederdracht, and it's just a specific uh, style mm. that is very Dutch. I have a book about it. It's I don't have it here, but uh, <laughs> I, I made a post on it on my Instagram and with some explanation, and you can also Google it if you use the right words, and then you can see pictures. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, I use these sort of like uh the, the the women dress the woman dressed in black is um she uncovers her old self or maybe a new version of herself she uncovers in the grave and then they switch places mm -hmm. where one of them gets murdered uh, now i kind of <laughs> the moment when we, because there's a tension in this video oh, yeah. and i had a I, I really liked it that a lot of people trigger on yes they're gonna kiss and then Oh no, <laughs> she gets killed. <laughs> you know, I never once thought that, but I, I kind of always thought. Uh, I, I had a couple of, I had a couple of people saying that at least. But we, we, okay. I wanted to create this tension in a way mm -hmm. that's, uh, yeah. that's kind of that's there, there is this moment like, what's happening? What, what are you doing? Why is what's that? And then she comes out and, um. I, th I think yeah. the moment for me was that I didn't expect, with it being quite a heavy song, I wasn't expecting mm -hmm. the, because obviously you, like the the person in white is synonymous usually with like light and good. And I wasn't expecting them to yeah. kind of win and to be the the killer, I guess. Yeah. Um, that was more the surprise moment. I was like, oh, that's quite cool. Because yeah. you always kind of expect the dark one to to win it, particularly with heavier songs. Be the evil witch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think in this case, the, the story is that because the colors are very symbolical and also what's happening, is the symbolism is that to be reborn on because black is the color of mourning in this video she's more wearing mourning dress she's heavy sad to become light again you mm. need to kind of uh conquer that mourning you need to grow out of you know you have to kill the depression mm. <laughs> you have to kill the sadness in a way and and bury it lay it mm. to rest pay its respects and this is also how i felt like to to climb out of that like darkness I needed to also be strict to myself and say, okay, now, you know, that part of me who's been through all these things, healing from trauma, blah, blah, blah you can go sit here, let, mm -hmm. let, you know, let plants overgrow you, go sit in the back seat. I'll take over the wheel, all these like symbolical things. Um, 
Yeah, and as Jennifer says in the chat, actually, um, things that are on surface serving us anymore, that mm -hmm. is what we release. And sometimes that gets killed in a way, but then death is not a, a bad thing. So maybe the white one is actually saving uh, the, 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 the dark uh, colored woman, uh, dark dressed woman, sorry. Uh, she's maybe saving her from her pain, right? So mm -hmm. uh, it's all about symbolism and... Uh, it is um, uh, yeah that was the idea behind the video no i think it works and that might be why yeah. it spoke to me so much you know i, I whilst we're on kind of a, a, a more serious conversation you know i lost somebody very very close to me to mm -hmm. to um to suicide just just before that was the reason we we spoke before oh. about um when i said i got rocco i was in quite a dark mm. a, a bad place that was due to due I'm to sorry. that um and you know, and it's a it's a huge impact, and it put me into quite a, you know, a bad spot. Now, the only time yeah. I really started to come out of that, and that relates to pretty much everything you were saying, of having finding that avenue to be able to kind of get it out and speak about it. Now, I found that through a lovely uh, charity in the UK uh, called Andy's Man Club, and it's like where men in particular because I think people, men of my age and older have this idea that you have to suppress everything. Mm -hmm. And that's probably what I tried to do was just suppress yeah. and be like, I'm going to be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be fine until it builds up and it's not. Yeah. And I started to go to these little clubs and we would speak and be forced to kind of like get it out. But not only just the the speaking of yourself is with the listening to other people. And you realize that there are mm -hmm. a bunch of other people who have similar or other mm -hmm. issues that they're affecting them on a whole different level. And you, mm -hmm. there's a very much a cathartic thing in that of just getting out there, speaking about it, finding peace with it and almost hearing yourself say these things aloud. And then you find that peace. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that for a lot of people, hopefully listening can relate to. And if they are struggling with something, maybe try and find the avenue where you can hopefully just, talk about it and, yeah. and express it and and like you say it is putting it to rest it's it's mm -hmm. saying this this horrible thing has happened in in whatever case i'm gonna yeah. put this in this box now and i have to put it to rest and and put it out there and not hide and run from it anymore and yeah that has to happen to then to rebirth to regrow to start new yes yeah so that's our yeah, exactly. that's our serious portion of the podcast yeah but you say it very very beautifully and uh and i think that is exactly uh yeah pushing it away uh then you cannot accept it and you cannot put it to rest it will always be there standing in the corner waiting mm -hmm. until you at some point have time to listen yeah. but then it comes and hits you in the back mm -hmm. um and that's what happens a lot and i guess yeah death is a it is a very tra traumatic uh subject and and it's then because it makes us feel something mm -hmm. we maybe don't want to talk about it too much and i guess you working with that that's a very very powerful of you to do and so yeah and i'm i'm sorry for to to uh also want to say i'm sorry to hear that but oh. yeah you know it's it's one of the i i prefer i think this is probably the I've, I've alluded to, to, to things on the podcast before. I've never really spoke about it much. Um, 
because I'm a, a, a pretty private person despite doing the podcast but it is something that I think is important to try and talk about and somebody to try and help other people get through things because now hopefully I, I'm on the, the upward from what was quite a, a tough spell um, you know there are always people who are in at the bottom and maybe need to hear that things can get better and things do move forward and, and ways to try and help with that yeah so, I'm sorry and part of what you were telling me uh wasn't I couldn't hear it because because of the connection that failed um I, it's okay I, I was just saying how I, I feel like it's important to try and talk about these things um because it yeah it helps other people who maybe now you know now I'm I'm on the upward side of things mm. there is always somebody probably listening who is currently at the bottom and they, and, you know, they might be mm. struggling and it's nice to hear yeah. from, from things like yourself with the music um, and hopefully through what yeah. I say, realize that there are ways that, that it changes. You just have to keep going um, and find those ways to, to kind of deal with it and cope and put it to rest and accept it. You know, you can't take, I think you, you, you know, oh. every, everybody has bad things happen to them, yeah. but you can't, you can't undo them as much as we would love to just click your fingers and undo them. You can't, and you can spend too much time harrowing in wanting to just take something away that you can't. So you just have to find a way to, to, to cope with it and put it to one side and, and move, move forward. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm having bad internet connection. So I'm, I'm going to try to switch over to my uh, phone. Okay. Um, uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to try to make a hotspot and switch over. So I might disconnect for a short uh, while, but I will be back as soon as possible. Sorry, we we have someone in uh, that can edit it all together and make it all sound seamless. So don't worry. Hi, I'm back. You're back. Yeah, I was saying we we have somebody in post that yes. can ed, edit it, edit out all the little bits and put it back together and make it sound sound perfect. So don't worry. Um, so um, I, I have to um, reply to a message in the, that I see by Jennifer. And uh, I just want to say I'm very sorry. And um, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry that you went through that. And as uh, for me, having a, a similar experience as a, as a kid, uh, not the same, but also ha I have, uh, have some experience like that. So. I want to say that I feel very, um, you're very strong for, sh for sharing this and, uh, yeah. And, um, it's really hard to find the words, but you're not alone. Uh, so mm -hmm. I would just want to say that. No, that's, that's people. I, yeah. I, I completely agree. I yeah. think it's lovely when people find the confidence in sharing and again, 
that goes yes. back to why I think these conversations are important as as difficult as they sometimes can be, it then hopefully helps people then feel that they can share and Yes, of course, yeah. So. Yeah, and and um then then you don't have to feel alone and yeah. uh, that's that's it. And I feel like that is also why music and writing music for me is such a catharsis um, because you, yeah, that it, it is a language of emotion. It's not a language of only words or only sound. It's, it's emotion that we convey through that. And I think any f form of art, uh, practicing art in in any way, is uh, is is channeling emotion. Mm -hmm. So if you, that's also why it's a form of therapy for a lot of people. And I guess um, that uh, appreciating art and making art are both, you know, sides to the same blade. It's like putting uh, not words, but like putting emotions and feelings that we can actually not always put to words and we cannot always talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. And you can, you can, you can, you get a sense of it and you can feel it through music as well, though. Um, I can't, I can't remember what song it was. So today I spent all day listening to your Spotify. Um, oh, thank because, you. <laughs> you know, I like to, when I, especially when I have the time, I like to try and prepare for these as much as possible. As much as it seems like I don't, I do try. And there was one song and I wish that I'd remembered which one it was that kind of just made me start tearing up. And I can't, I can't remember what song it was. Um, it was definitely from the, the Matriarch album. And I'm sure if I looked at the name list now, I, I could pick it up. But for some reason, I just started to, to tear up and and get a little and feel really mm. emotional. And I was like, oh, this is, but but not in a not in a bad way. And I enjoy that. I embrace that when mm. when that mm. happens. And I love the music can do that. And I like it when that that happens. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it, uh, I have that like very often to cry about things that don't really hurt me but just cry and i feel like that's also a release in a way a release of attention or a memory that will trigger and we need to release our emotions and you know and sometimes looking at beautiful things mm -hmm. uh, that inspire us or listening to things that inspire us that is that is therapeutic in a way mm -hmm. but the, i'm very honored that you uh, had the, such an experience with my music thank you for sharing You're welcome um yeah, and I, you know, I enjoyed the the very clear progression that you can see with the music from the earlier, um, which was I think what what was the 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 Matrix album was that two thousand and seventeen. Yes, I think. Yes, think... Two thousand sixteen. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one of those, um, and then to the to the recent stuff um, with the Demon L the Demon LP, and then. The stuff that you've released this year it starts to feel a lot heavier. Yeah. Um. And I, I, I'm enjoying that. I'm definitely here for that. And is that the direction that it's going to go from now? Well, then you, I guess you, there is a, a little bit of a, a curveball with is it, um, the latest one you released, Taste the Flames, which was not heavy at all and was yeah. very much focused on your voice. Yes. So yeah, I was curious as to which direction the band is going in. Uh, we will be uh, all over the place always, uh, I think. <laughs> okay. 
because uh, there is like a specific sound to Shireen or my style. There's a sound uh, to it. Uh, and I feel like we don't really limit that to a genre. So it can mm -hmm. be very heavy and loud. It can be also light, like Taste the Flames, really depending on what we want to tell with the song. Uh, and of course, there's always when you create an album as a musician, one album is a story. This is, for example, Matriarch is all about that folk sound. Yeah, and that, um, that's very clear in it. Yeah. And our next album will probably be more progressive rock. Okay. Uh, meeting folk in a way. This is where we want to go. Mm -hmm. um, and what we recently re released, we're three, like we're releasing another song in January. These three songs are going to be, they're all on them, themselves very different uh, because they are part of a process of also of the band shifting some members, finding out where we want to go. Some people um, worked on it separately because of the uh, quarantine times. Uh, and the band went through some rocky times because, yeah, I mean, this Corona situation hit everybody separately and triggered for people also things in their own lives, which also inf inflicted into the band in a way. So um, we're definitely going to be happier, but light songs like Taste the Flames will always be part of it because I also feel like if you have a heavy album, I like it when there's like a, a song or just a part of a song that just gives a breather yeah. and just gives a different um, perspective. Like mm -hmm. I, I experience music very much as a landscape. And if everything is just, you know, thorns <laughs> yeah. at some point, uh, then I, I want to see something else. You need the and, contrast, which yeah. then makes the, the heavier bits. Yes. more appreciative because you have if you know if everything is just 100 percent, then yeah there's nothing to compare it against yes yeah and it, and it can also be tiring as you listen to a specific genre like you can you can actually build up uh how do you call it uh you can build up a constitution for listening to heavy metal all day long mm -hmm. but if you start with it like most people kind of have to it, it grows onto you like every mm -hmm. genre grows onto you and mm -hmm. yeah absolutely uh and i guess that i always like to balance a little bit on the edge of different genres because it keeps it interesting for me mm -hmm. and i think every band member in shireen and every producer that i'm working with they're kind of on the same level with that mm -hmm. uh so this is why we experiment a lot in genres and this is why we always we will be everywhere at the same time Mm -hmm. I, I think yeah okay uh we should probably wrap this up and do the little bit of q a we're gonna do after because i feel like we could end up just talking for hours um and i, I have friends coming around so <laughs> they're gonna have to st stand and watch the rest of this show anyway in a shortly but okay uh let's wrap up the main show yes. and if you want to hear more you can listen to the q a on our patreon that's just patreon for slash nordic mythology podcast we're going to do a little q a and let people ask you their questions but anika this has been a lot of fun i really yes. really enjoyed this thank, thank you. you um it's, i always love it when it's just a very comfortable easy conversation and it's not a struggle and that's that's what it's been yes i, I experienced this as well thank you so much for inviting me i really enjoy 
what you're doing and I uh, feel I feel very welcome and and I love you know sharing and talking to you Thank you, because that would have been really awkward if you were like, "No, actually, it's been really hard for me. This, I've been struggling with this whole conversation." I, th- I think you would have noticed that. <laughs> I don't, if you just said that, then I would have been absolutely good. I'd have been like, oh, "No, oh. no, don't worry." <laughs> that would have been worse than all the mean comments I've ever received. Yeah, that would be very bad. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay obviously you can give a shout out to for for where people can listen to your music um but yes. i want to say it's it's been an absolute pleasure listening to to the music today i've loved the journey and people really should go and check it out um it is it is very good i like to say particularly i like the heaviest stuff so anybody listen to this just go and listen to it on spotify and just well not maybe whatever's best for you whether it what whether it's Spotify wherever just just go and listen to it it is fantastic I think it's probably overlooked by a lot of people when it shouldn't be it's it's you know it's very good so let people Thank know you. where they can where they can find it yeah like now I, I can do that now yeah yeah absolutely yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Right. so yes so I'm on Spotify uh as Shireen with my band Shireen and then I'm on Spotify as Anika Shireen which is my solo work and it, it Usually if you liked one, you'll probably also like the other one. Um, and then follow me on social media. I will share everything there, what I do. I'm uh, on Instagram as Anika Shireen, and you can find me as Anika Shireen artist page on, uh, mm-hmm. on Facebook. So it's quite easy. If you know my name, you can find me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, let me know if you like my music. I would love to hear, uh, let me know, you know, if you want to share, just send me a message. All fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and also follow the YouTube. Like you say, your music videos are great. Oh yes, you, yeah. You can you can tell the input that you must have, uh, particularly again with the, uh, with with the the dressmaking, the yes, the, the clothing, costume design, yeah, yeah. costumes, yeah. yeah. And there's a new video coming up in January. We are releasing a CD with a lot of remixes in oh, uh, nice in february and we do a show on the 4th of february in the netherlands and my my thing is talking to me i don't know why it's okay it just sounds anyway. like you're really popular and you've got people <laughs> talking in the background don't worry it's just my laptop <laughs> <laughs> no you've got tons of friends just just off screen the posse you? hanging around yeah just, you have anything just looking like, interesting it's a little hype crew all that <laughs> <just like, laughs> <was> horrible <laughs> Shout really positive things at you at all times. Yeah, I need that. <laughs> we all need that. I think everybody needs that. Just like a, a group of friends just stood there just to, to show really cool things. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, okay, so if you want to follow me, it's Daniel and Scott and one or the business Horns of Odin. And again, the podcast is just Northern Mythology podcast on all the different channels. A like, share, comment. It's all appreciated as we helps new people find the show. You know, you can never stop finding new listeners. Can you, Annika? You always want new people. Always nice to have more it's, people. Exactly. <laughs> we're collectors. We're, we're people collectors, right? Yeah, we we're hard. People. Look at my art. Look at my art. Yeah, I, okay. I need audience. <laughs> yeah, people collectors in the good way, not in like yeah. the the serial yeah, no, killer creepy way no in the in the most like friendly and 
non-creepy way as yeah, possible. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we do our best to really entertain people. That's what we do. That's it. Hopefully that's what we've done. Yeah.